Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. McFarland, McFarland, everybody. Thank you to McFarland for powering the Brad Foe Show once again. And uh, some good news for Red Sox fans. They won. They snapped a five-game losing streak. They won 3-1. to one. Good times, good times. Put the trade deadline conversation on hold just for a little bit, and, and at least in regards to selling. Are they going to sell? I mean, this is going to be the conversation heading toward for another week. That is That goes without saying. It's just, are they going to be buyers or sellers? Obviously, yesterday, when they win the game, when they're three games back of the wild card, when they snap the losing streak, now people think, well, you know what? Maybe if they go on a little bit of a run, they can actually be buyers. Well, let's, okay, let's just wait. Let's wait. But one positive, absolutely, with Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta coming out, pitching uh, well once again. He hadn't pitched well in a while. So that is a non-starter. I mean, you have to have that if you want to get in the conversation of actually being a good team. You have to get a good Nick Pavetta. And there's no better person to break down exactly what we saw, what to make of the Nick Pavetta outing than our own metric man, Brian Barrett. So that's exactly what we do. Metric Man jumps aboard the Brad Vo Show once again. Subscribe, follow, listen, rate, all of it. Do all of it because uh, we're going to keep them things coming. We've got another podcast coming today, maybe even two. Uh, it, good, good stuff. The great game of baseball. Listen, we're here for it, all right? And thanks to Metric Man Brian Barrett, we're here for it in a very, very unique way. Here's the Metric Man. Well, a win at Fenway Park last night. The Red Sox kicked out of the Cleveland Guardians 3-1, to and Nick Pavetta was on the mound. And this was an important start. We cannot dismiss that. If you look at Pavetta prior to the All-Star break, last three outings, 13.50 ERA, 2.25 with 3.83 opponents batting average. And he had a hard hit rate in his last three starts at 57.4%. That is staggering. He's last in Major League Baseball among qualified starters at just over 47%. 57.4% is crazy. I mean, that's throwing batting practice. So you saw one thing from Pavetta last night. The velocity was back on the fastball at average 94 miles per hour prior to the break, which is actually better than a season average at 93.3. Prior to the break, his last two outings, 92.7. So the velocity definitely back. Part of that I would attribute to the rest. Pavetta, of course, looked really fatigued prior to the all-star break in those last couple of outings. So good for the Red Sox to give him that weekend off coming back, give him some extra rest, get him going on Monday. And let's be real, a very soft landing for Pavetta as well. He went up against the Cleveland team. They came into last night 29th in home runs. 
and 30th in hard hit rate. So it's not an offense that you're scared of. Quite frankly, the only guy you're really scared of and trying to pitch around in that lineup is Jose Ramirez. There are no other landmines. So a soft landing, but Pavetta looked much better. Now, the breaking stuff was not particularly great. He left a couple of hangers that were begging to be hit, but Cleveland was not going to oblige because they're just not, quite frankly, a very good offensive team. One thing, though, to look at with Pavetta going forward is he's got to be better in these two-strike counts, especially the ones that he gets ahead. You look at all three walks last night came after he went ahead of a hitter 0-2 or 1-2, and that's been an issue with Pavetta all season long. He has 19 walks after he gets ahead either 1-2 or 0-2 in the count, and out of pitchers with minimum 50 innings, that's the most in all of Major League Baseball. So, 0-2, you got to put these guys away, and Pavetta has not been doing that. You look at two strike hits in general, he's given up 44 of them, which is tied for the eighth most in all of Major League Baseball, but definitely a step in the right direction because can you think about the alternative last night? If Pavetta wasn't good in that game, well, then you have a major issue on your hands because of the fact that, okay, well, Evaldi was not good his last time out. Chris Sale is on the shelf. If Pavetta was bad, Oh, man, we're talking about a really bad position for this Red Sox team. I'm look, I'm interested to see him next time out because I was not incredibly impressed with his outing as I laid out, but definitely a step in the right direction for, for Pavetta after just some absolutely atrocious outings. One thing stuck out to me as well last night is that's what it's supposed to look like in your bullpen. Schreiber and Garrett Whitlock were both outstanding, and Cora said after the game that Whitlock was going to be down no matter what today which means Hulk, of course, could give you two innings. So it made sense to give Garrett Whitlock another inning rather than use Hulk. I love that idea by Cora. And if you look at it now, Garrett, the reliever, 096 opponents batting average, 045 whip, 37% strikeout rate. You look at those numbers as a starter, 260 opponents batting average, 126 whip, 23.2% strikeout rate. Now, I understand the reason they needed to start him in Toronto, but let's just think about it from this perspective. Where would this team be if they never made that transition? Because remember, I don't think it's just a coincidence that Garrett Whitlock got hurt after he made that transition to go into a starting role. And remember, he's learning at the big league level how, how to be a starter. His numbers the second time through the order were absolutely horrific. Opponents had an OPS over 800. So it feels like that was a failed experiment, especially when you were looking at this team and they had issues in the bullpen all season long. And I get it. You were down a starter with the Hulk situation. He had to start in Toronto because the unfortunate passing of Rich Hill's father. But they needed to make the adjustment to put Garrett Whitlock back into the bullpen earlier than they did. I'm happy he's back there right now. I'll tell you that, though. The one other thing I wanted to mention real quickly, or I should say two other things real, real quick here. So, first of all, the Red Sox have had a real issue hitting with runners in scoring position with less than two outs in the month of July. It's been really bad for this team. If you look at it, 101 plate appearances, that is the 15th most, so right in the middle of the pack, but they only have 24 runs, that's 26th, and a 222 batting average, that's 27th. And again, last night, an opportunity to break the game open in the sixth inning, Bobby Dahlback, Franchi Cordero down on strikes. You look at Bobby Dahlback, he has been one of the worst hitters in the entire sport with runners in scoring position with less than two outs. I mean, we all know he's been one of the worst hitters, period, but with less than two outs, runners in scoring position, minimum 40 plate appearances. Dahlback, nine RBIs. That's tied for 133rd out of 139. 195 average. That's 117th. 16 strikeouts, which is a 34.8% strikeout rate. That is 137th out of 139. 
just not good enough. And last night, him and Franchi in that lineup together, you can see it's just a debacle right now because those guys are dead outs. you got to run around third. got to run around first. And you have no outs. And Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dahlbeck going back-to-back strikeouts. It's just unacceptable right now. And if you're going to try to win, you can't be trotting this out there anymore. And I get it. Right now, it's because of injuries. But you can't have these guys continuing to be in the lineup. Bloom has got to make a move. If you're going to be serious about trying to win, you got to do something. You can't have these guys in the lineup. You look at a minimum 200 plate appearances on the season. I've given you the strikeout numbers. You look at just the whiff rate. So how often when you swing at a pitch are you whiffing? Dahlbeck's at 34.9% of the season. That's 245th out of 260 hitters. Franchi, 35.1%. That is 246th. Out of zone swing and miss percentage. Dahlbeck, 55.2%. That's 241st. Franchi, 56.2%, 245th. These guys are just non-entities, and the reality is they're getting worse as the season goes on. Now, the one thing that you're hopeful about is they get J.D. Martinez back in the lineup. Now, I've come to the conclusion that J.D. has been, and look, I'm not saying that he said this publicly or anybody with the Red Sox has said this publicly, but I believe he's been dealing with this back issue for a while now. We know that he's missed time with it before, but I look at the hitter, and he's not been the same guy since the start of June, and I attribute that to he's dealing with stuff. Now, I'm hopeful that maybe with this time off, he bounces back, but if you look at it, April to the end of May, he was one of the best hitters in the sport. Since the start of June, he hasn't been that guy. So April to the end of May, 31.4% line drive rate. That is second of 164 qualifiers. Line drive rate June through July 17th prior to the break, 21.8%, 54th of 170 qualifiers during that stretch. So that's a massive gap. You look at just the hard hit rate, it was at 45.8% April to the end of May. That's balls up to that 95 plus miles an hour. That was 40th out of 164. Since then, June through July 17th, 42%. That is 70th. And he's hitting for no power. So April through the end of May, 563 slugging. That is 10th in baseball during that stretch. Since then, since the start of June, 399. That's 108th. The average April through the end of May, 363 first. 241 average from June through July 17th. That's 110. J.D. Martinez is a hitting machine. I refuse to believe that he just forgot how to hit at the beginning of June through July 17th. It's like we've seen J.D. go through cold streaks two weeks or so, but we have not seen a guy go from one of the best hitters in the sport to what we've seen since the start of June. So I'm hopeful that J.D. can be healthy down the stretch run here because a healthy J.D., brings a totally different element to this lineup, and you just don't have it right now. Because the reality is he's still making some good contact. His barrel rate from June to July 17th, 11.8%, that's pretty good. Now, prior to that, it was at 15.8%. So he's still making pretty good contact. The problem is you just don't see the power behind it, and I attribute that to something going on with his back, as we know right now, with the spasms. All right, so big one tonight for the Sox. Cleveland still has not announced his starter, and you look at it, you got Winkowski going tonight. Big spot for him because he has been really bad in his last two outings after being really good at his previous four. But definitely this is a week where the Red Sox, and I don't believe they need to do this, but this is definitely a week where they can send a message to the front office, invest in us, because this Cleveland team is not very good. I get their record is similar to the Red Sox. In fact, they're tied in the standings. They're not a very good team. They are not scary whatsoever from an offensive perspective. And by the way, if you're going to the game tonight, make sure to enjoy David Ortiz as he comes back from Cooperstown.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.